Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? You're still doing that. Uh, you're doing that whole thirty thing again, aren't you? I am. I'm what, in, uh, what, I'm day, in what day are you on? Four. Day four. So funny story. Um, I'm just gonna rat her out. Mom sent me a website, um, which is the whole thirty timeline, which will tell you what your mood is on each day that you do the whole thirty. Um, days four to five are kill all the things. Ah, yes. Yes. Uh, yes, and it has a whole description here about how your, your limbs feel functional and this could be a good day. And you go down to the kitchen and you see your significant other and you want to punch them in the face for <laughs> smiling. And you, congratulations, made it to day four. Is this accurate or is this not accurate? It might have been accurate the first time we did it and maybe oh, the so second time. But this is our third time doing it and... This time, I'm more invested in it. So, oh, okay. I'm, so you are able to overcome any problems that you would have had in previous times. Yeah. Well done. You have matured, young Thank lady. Thank you. You have matured. All right. So, uh, wait, who are you? You the mature person. You. Oh, I'm Kate, who really needs sugar. Okay. Okay. Let's <laughs> not kill all the things here. Okay. I'm Betsy, who already had sugar. So there you go. Yay! No, I didn't. I'm lying to you. I did, actually did not have sugar today. I was going to say, tell me what it was like. <laughs> tell me grain by grain. <laughs> the first grain was sweet. Aww. The second, succulent. Mm. Oh, man, I messed that up. I said the succulent, succulent. That's the worst. <laughs> That's the worst. I'm just moving on. What do we do on this podcast, Kate? Oh, uh, we discuss um, the whole 30? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but what do we else be- we do besides that? Oh, uh, we discuss children's picture books. Ah, uh, yes. And what is it about them that we discuss? Whether we like them or we think they're crap. Right. Whether we- they should be considered classics or not. Libraries right now are sort of re-examining their collections, much as the nation is re-examining uh, statues and-, and things of that. Um, and there are no doubt, uh, I would say, racist picture books on our shelves. Do you leave them there as teachable moments do you pull them but then which ones do you pull because you know some people would find curious george offensive and other people would not find it uh racist at all um do you make a special section for these older books that have racist elements do you leave them on the shelves there are there are no clear-cut answers kate but but this much is true the book we're doing today was on the library shelf when i went to get it today sitting there bold as brass and uh, and it's been there i i'm not going to say since 1938 but it's been there a while uh let me let me pull this little puppy out of the bag here okay okay a boo 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 the five chinese brothers by claire Hewitt Bishop? That's right. Illustrated by... Kurt Weiss? Now, funny thing about this, we've done a Kurt Weiss book before. The Story of Ping. Remember that one? A Very sort of. different illustration style, that book. Oh, they made them yellow. Like this. He made them... He made them yellow, though he didn't make them 
uh, cartoony and caricatured. It was just the yellow that was the problem in that one, I would have said. But and in this case, oh, baby. <laughs> yeah. Go give this one a read. Okay. Okay. While Kate does her read, let me give you a little background information on Claire Hutchett Bishop. Uh, she actually belongs to a strange club, a club of children's authors that worked in New York Public Library's Central Children's Room, which has since then been renamed the Children's Center at 42nd Street. You can visit at any time. Just go to the big old branch with the lions out front, and if you go to the side entrance on 42nd Street, you walk in that door and you just immediately hang a right, that's where the children's room is. Many luminaries have worked in that room. There was a Marsha Brown, who is one of the top Caldecott-winning author-illustrators of all time. Uh, she used to work there. Uh, Claire, as I already mentioned, and Carol Moore. I mean, she wrote children's books. Uh, it wasn't her primary function in life. And in fact, not what she's remembered for, rightly. And, uh, and me. But uh, Claire, for her part, you know, obviously I never met her. Uh, she died in 1993. Makes it hard to meet a woman, let me tell you. She was a children's novelist and librarian. She was the winner of the Newbery Honor. She actually got a Newbery Honor for a book called Pancakes Paris. That can't be right, but that is what I have written down. Pancakes-Paris. If any of you have read Pancakes Paris, please tell me more about it sometime. She also wrote a book called All Alone, uh, 20 and 10, and the Five Chinese Brothers. Apparently, in 1959, wore the Lewis Carroll Shelf Award. Nobody, nobody knows what that award is anymore, but maybe that's for the best. Wow. <laughs> so. Yeah. Wow. You know what? It's funny when you think about it, but 1938 is not 2020. No, it's not. It's not. It really isn't. No. And for which we are very grateful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, okay. So, Where okay. to begin? Okay. Uh, okay. Let's try the beginning. Uh, all right. Okay. Mm. So the very first. First like sentence? Like, literally the first sentence. Yes. Okay. Have we ever had a story where the first sentence is racist? It's kind of uh, an amazing moment. Okay. I think we should... For people who have this. not read the story, the first sentence is, Once upon a time, there were five Chinese brothers, and they all looked exactly alike. I mean, okay, what are the wow, chances right? of them being identical quintuplets it's, it's highly unlikely. Now, I'm going to interrupt you here because as I was doing my research on the book, I found a very strange website called The Book Hound, which as far as I can tell, it's sort of a conservative bookseller online. And they had an entire post that was entitled, When Saying They All Looked Alike Is Not Racism, The Five Chinese Brothers and the Dion Quintuplets and the... The idea behind it was that the reason that there are five in the story, because originally in the in the tale, I believe it's supposed to be ten, or, or at least seven, um, and that it was five because at the time the book was written, there was this very famous case of quintuplets called the Dion quintuplets, who were like celebrities. No five children had ever been born and lived before, and they were national celebrities. However, the writer of the piece begins it by talking about a blogger who had said that the first line is racist. And this is how... 
this is how he felt the person was wrong. He says, while it is possible to conclude that the illustrations in the five Chinese brothers are ethnic stereotypes, although not everyone agrees with that. Um, um, okay. Who? Who does this, by the way, was written in 2018. Okay. Wow. Um, moving on. Uh, it is impossible, impossible, mind you, impossible to make a case that the text contains or implies a racist premise <laughs> unless one misreads the first sentence. No, I didn't misread it. I read it word for word. I heard you. Yeah. His argument is like, but of course they have to look alike because they because they swap out for one another. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you are missing the entire point my yeah. friend here or I mean, unless you have never heard of white people assuming that other races all look alike which is constant but let's continue with the story oh sure so we've gotten past the first sentence <laughs> and and somehow we did yes these uh five brothers they live with their mom mm. and they all have superpowers yeah like so, you do so the first one can swallow the sea the second brother has an iron neck the third one can stretch his legs the fourth one can't be burned and the fifth one can hold his breath indefinitely. So the first brother goes fishing and he always catches the most beautiful and rare fish. Well, one day this little boy begs to come with him and he says, okay, well you can come, but only as long as you obey me promptly. The kid's like, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah, okay. So he goes out and he literally swallows the sea, the entire sea in his mouth and uh, and proceeds to pick up um, fish that are well, like just lazy. flopping but, around. Yeah, all right. And the kid is going around and he's getting like pebbles and shells and fantastic algae, whatever the heck that is. The kid is not making it into the art, by the way, which no. I find no. a, lo- a little bit of an odd choice on the artist's part, but all right. So then it gets to the point where um, the brother can't hold his breath anymore. Mm-hmm. And he starts motioning to the kid, hey, you know, get out of the way. Mm-hmm. And the kid's like, no. And he's like, no, 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 no. And the yeah. kid's like, no. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm imagining Dennis the Menace for some reason. And at this point, I wrote down, okay, let me just let me just read you my my three bullet point notes here. Sure, sure, sure. Number one. Okay, let's hope the kid knows how to swim. Otherwise, this is gonna get really dark really quick. Yeah, well. Number two. What? <laughs> <laughs> Because, um, oh, and number three, it wasn't his fault. And number four, oh my gosh, is this story just about killing? (laughs) (laughs) The end. Yeah, so, right, so he blows all of the water, well, he, it, like, it's forced out of his mouth. Because he can't hold it in anymore, Mm -hmm. and the little boy disappears in the water. Well, he deserved it. Bum, bum, bum. So, (laughs) So then the brother goes to the village he's arrested he's put in prison and he's condemned to be executed for murdering a child right okay even though technically as i wrote down it wasn't his fault he gave the kid fair warning he didn't give the kid fair warning but i don't know it was kind of his fault for letting the kid come in the first place i mean he knew the risks yeah he, maybe he should have spelled them out to the kid. Like, this is I'm going to swallow the sea. Right. If you're in there, you I will, can't stop myself. You're you going to die. die. Right. So maybe don't go in. So it says uh, that the you know on the morning of his execution, the first brother goes in front of the judge and says, will you allow me to bid my mother goodbye? And the judge says, well, it's only fair. So he goes home, which like, 
no one yeah. had to come back. He didn't, maybe, it's like, like, you know, you pay bail, sort of same thing, right? I, guess. I mean, he yeah. could have just, like, never come back. He easily could have never come what back. What are they going to do? Like, he could have swallowed the whole sea and, like, blown yeah. it at Run the judge. Run the other side, <laughs> then you blow it out. Yeah. There's lots of solutions. Anyway, so he goes home, and the second brother comes back in his place, and the judge is none the wiser because they look exactly the same. So the village watches to see this execution, and uh, this is at, at this point, um, I'm, I'm just like, what? okay, okay, all right, we're doing this. In a kid's Hi. book, there's an execution. And the second brother doesn't die because, again, he has the iron neck. Right. And he's just like, eh, I'm telling you. And then, uh, so he has to go in front of the judge and, you know, because mm-hmm. he's going to be executed. Right. And uh, the judge, he asks the judge, you know, will you allow me to bid my mother goodbye? Judge Is the judge giving fair. away... The kinds of executions that are coming up, or are these? Yes. Okay, so the judge is giving the game away. Yeah, because... Oh, that's on him. Well, it's the crowd. So oh, the like, crowd. It says, everybody was angry, and they decided he should be drowned. So then he's, the next morning, going to be executed. Mm-hmm. Says the judge, to the judge, can I go say goodbye to my mom? The judge is like, yep, no problem. Sure. He goes I home. I can't see why not. <laughs> the third brother now comes, and he's pushed on a boat, thrown overboard, and... Now his he's stretched because this is the brother that can stretch his oh, legs. Oh, I assumed that one could hold his breath, and it would be that one. Didn't can't one hold his breath? Yes, but that's not till the end. Oh, okay. So this the third brother can stretch his legs all the way to the bottom of the ocean, and now he's just standing there, so he can't be drowned because he can walk on the bottom of the ocean. He's and at this point, I'm like, oh my gosh, brother after brother after brother. This is a murder book. This- it is. It is. It's an attempt to kill five different people. But it's a very for the interesting like, illustration, though, when it's yeah. it's the picture of him with his feet. Because it, it changes the... Yeah, it's a little wobbly, like, if you're looking underwater. Well, I'm saying, like, you're going from, like, reading oh, it Oh, yes. To, you have uh, to turn the entire book so it's long so it's that like way. Pin- What's it called? We had a name for that once. I can't pin- remember what it is now. Pin- Pinfold or something? It's not a pin-up. It's a centerfold. Centerfold. It's kind of like I a centerfold. I tried to combine the two. Yeah, pinfold. Pin-up, centerfold. I call that a pinfold, I Pinfold. Do. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, uh, that's why I'm yeah. not an English major. So, uh, the, again, the crowd is... It says everybody was very angry, and they all decided he should be burned. I mean, clearly, if the crowd is this angry after every time that they're not killed, then after the last one isn't killed... The crowd's just going to come up with more stuff, or they're just going to descend upon whoever it is there with an axe and just chop them up themselves. Or the judge should not keep allowing yeah. them to say goodbye to them. It's like, no, you already said or goodbye twice. Or maybe you shouldn't allow the crowd to keep coming up with their own ideas. I don't know. I, kind of a mob justice situation here. I, I don't understand why I, the judge yeah. can't say no to seeing the Unless mom. Unless the judge is in on it the entire time. I mean, does... I don't... I don't... I don't know... No? No. All right. I mean, but on the other hand, He's does the judge dumb. really think he has to say goodbye five times? And why aren't these brothers doing something good with their powers? Well, exactly. They're just sort of hanging about. Right. There's yeah. so many cool like, things you could do yeah. for your community. They could be superheroes. And yet, no. So, um, so right. So they switch Maybe places. Maybe they don't like their community. Their community is attempting to kill That's them. That's true. Also, how long have they lived there and the other people in the community don't know that have there are no five idea. guys who look the same? I mean, uh, wouldn't somebody in the crowd be like, hey, wait a minute. Aren't there like five guys who have superpowers <laughs> who live in that house? And maybe they're all switching each other. No, nobody. And it Apparently. occurs to no one. Yeah. They must keep to themselves. Oh, maybe he did kill the kid on purpose because then he would have like given away how he can swallow up the sea. Maybe, so maybe he did kill the kid on purpose. <laughs> oh, this turned into a dark this, murder mystery. Right, because the right. secret died with the kid. The secret died with the child, yeah. <laughs> anyway, then why'd you invite him in the first 
place. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. So, I don't know. So, the fourth brother now is, uh, he's going to be burned at the stake, and um, he can't be burned. So I'm that's... not sure your clothes either, apparently. Yeah, nothing, nothing. Nothing. Nothing can be burned. Nothing Everyone's can be burned. Everyone's super disappointed in that picture, yeah, by the way. So yeah, so they, they decide to smother him. That's a strange next step, yeah, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So, again, fourth brother goes in front of the judge. Can I go say goodbye to my mom? The judge is like, sure thing, because I haven't learned my lesson four times in a row now. Um, so the fourth brother goes home. The fifth brother comes in. He's put in a brick oven stuffed with whipped cream. All right. Now, to, I don't know much about folktales, but... But to die by whipped cream. You know, that's not cream. a bad way to go. That's not a bad way. Speaking of someone who hasn't had sugar, see, I, I wouldn't oh, mind. I oh, I see where this is coming from. I see. <laughs> I'm so I hungry. See. Yeah, no. Do you actually like whipped cream? I can't stand I do. whipped cream. I yeah. can't stand it. Like, that would be a terrible death for me. When you shake it up and you just pour it straight in your mouth. Oh, see, <laughs> if they if they tried to smother me with whipped cream, I'd never try to eat my way out. I'd be like, ugh, get it, keep it away from my mouth. Ugh, ugh, it's up my Well, nose. apparently they Gross. think that he won't be able to breathe. So sure. they wait overnight into the next morning. And uh, and it doesn't explain that the fifth one... It, it, that the fifth one uh, can hold his breath indefinitely. You read oh, that you in just the beginning. assume that. Okay. But they don't, like, with all the other brothers, they re-suggest... Yeah. Well, they just get lazy whatever. at this point. They just yeah, they say again, things, like, yeah. this is his superpower, this is why he survived. But they don't do that with the fifth one. So okay. I'm over here like, wait, how did he survive? And then I had he to flip back and be like, I mean, oh, he, right. These kind of stories, usually someone has a bottomless stomach. You could have said that he ate all the whipped cream. Or, yeah, but nope. Yeah, so it, it just says that the fifth brother was like oh whipped cream do they have in this town by the way that they can just like spare it anyway to fit in a giant oven oven. so um he he says oh that was a good sleep and everybody stares and the judge comes forward and i do not understand this it says we have tried to get rid of you in every way possible and somehow it can't be done so it must be that you are innocent only after trying to kill them well, kill this supposedly one person mm. five times. Did yeah. they finally decide that he's innocent? Because I don't think that's how the justice system works, Betsy. No, I feel like the ending of this got kind of chopped. Like, there was another ending that would have gone with it, but they were like, no, we ran out of pages. Yeah. You're free. Yeah, so, because... Uh, and the, entire... the town's not going to rip you limb from limb for some reason. And the so. crowd doesn't disagree with the yeah, judge. Yeah, the crowd's just like, well... They're like, yes, yeah. yes. And so he goes home and all the brothers live with their mother and they live happily ever after. Yeah, like you do. Right. So, a couple things about this book. Kind of baffling to me. First of all, I mentioned before the illustrator, Kurt Wise, had done the story of Ping. Well, actually, he had done the story of Ping in 1933. And he did this book in 1938. So somewhere in that intervening five years, he decided to go with a more cartoony route. It has been adored. For what? years. I kid you not. 1977, in a school library journal article, Selma G. Lanes, one of the great children's literature scholars of the ages, described the illustrations as cheerful and highly appealing. Characterizing Weiss's broad cartoon style as well-suited to the folktale, a genre which deals in broad truths. She added, I cannot remember a tale during my childhood that gave me a cozier sense of all being right with the world. Hey, Betsy. Yeah. Was she white? 
She was. Say no more. How did you know that? Yeah. You must have looked up her bio. <laughs> now, that, that, that was back in 1977. Things change. Things change. Oh, I'm sorry. In 2007, there was an online poll by the National Education Association, which named this book one of its teacher's top 100 books for children. Wow. That was, I'll just repeat that date. 2007. So I did a little, a little searching. And it turns out um, Scholastic, you know, Scholastic book clubs and things like that, they list this book on their website, but they don't sell it. So I was like, well, that's interesting. You can buy it off of the Penguin Random House website, and you can easily find the Scholastic Weston Woods study guide for the book. Not much Google searching will yield this, in which they say at the end uh, a little recommendations of other book-based films and videos about Chinese culture are available from Weston Woods. These include the story about Ping and Tiki Tiki Tembo. Wow. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I, what I cannot figure out is why stereotypes of Asian people are still pretty much okay, considered okay by so many white people. I mean, this book is a pretty interesting case. There, there are YouTube videos from 2017 of people reading this book. Uh, these teacher's guides, it's still in print. Now, there have been people who have tried to do new versions of it. Because what this really reminds me of is Little Black Sambo. Where you've got all these racist tropes around a story. And what happens if you pluck out the story or try to rework it? by someone from that culture to make it not racist. Um, didn't happen the first time they changed this. Margaret Mayhe, a rather white New Zealander, wrote a version uh, called The Seven Chinese Brothers. Um, but the art was by Jean and Musang... I'm not going to pronounce this well, but Jean and Musian Tseng, T-S-E-N-G, um, which is not ideal. But Grace Lin, uh, who is a great... Uh, children's literature author, illustrator. Um, she's the person who pointed out to me a the very racist image of an Asian person in Dr. Seuss's To Think I Saw It on Mulberry Street. She redid it as The Seven Chinese Sisters. And that is actually a very delightful book. Um, and it's where the youngest sister has been kidnapped and her other sisters have to come and, and rescue her using their superpowers. Hmm. That is preferable, I would say. Ratings time. So I'm going to guess that you like it? Oh, no. Because <laughs> I was just I getting, mean, like, so many vibes that you, like, totally dig this book. I know, I know. I was just gushing over it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I remember it from being a kid. I do remember it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, given this... Uh, look, that there is elements... There are elements of the story that are interesting. The art is awful. And most, most of the text is not good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm giving this a two. I would give it a one, but I do like some of the solutions to not dying, so I'll give it a two. How about you? Okay. I I wrote down, well, it's racist. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. It's about multiple ways to murder someone. Sure is. With bad illustrations, but I like the superpowers. Yeah, the superpowers are cool. I mean, you can't get beyond that. The superpowers are cool. Yeah, so I give it a 2.5. All right. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say not, not a classic. Not a classic. Not nope. a classic. Not oh. even not even close. You oh. asked me to give you a bad book. Oh, oh, you did. And I delivered, my you, friend. You definitely did. And it was not hard to find. Letters time. Ooh. All right, number one letter comes from 
our mom. Uh, this is referring to, I believe, our last episode, which was uh, one with the owl babies. Yeah. Yeah, you remember that one. Yeah. In terms of you're not liking uh, that adorable book, I'm pleased we raised such a resilient child that she has no associations with separation anxiety. <laughs> uh, but I'm sorry it rendered her incapable of being charmed by the adorablosity, uh, that is the word, which is we, Bill. Thanks for the alternative voice bets. Fond memories of that and Stella Luna coming out. We hand-sold the heck out of them. I should say one of the people that um, disagreed with you did say, you know, I disagree with Kate that Owl Babies isn't memorable. I remember it from childhood. Although I sometimes get it mixed up with Stella Luna. Mm-hmm. So... Here's a, here's the thing, though. One of them is, should definitely be memorable, and the other one should definitely not be. So. Okay. <laughs> However, um, I was alerted by, I believe it was by Stephanie, uh, the third sister? Yep. Yes. To this video um, of a little British boy with three baby owls reading them the book with his British accent and he keeps saying, I want my mummy. Okay. It's cuter when it's mummy instead of mommy. Yeah, well it's an adult saying it, not an owl. The when book- it's an owl saying it, it's I want my mommy. That's not <laughs> that's still not how it is. Yep. But as you can see, these elves are adorable. I don't know if there's a way for me to find a way to uh put this into the show notes. But if you well, we can put it on Twitter. Well yeah, it's uh, yeah, I will put it on Twitter. If you look at our, our Twitter account, you will see it because it is, it is, I watched the whole thing. It makes you believe in humanity again. So there you go. Okay. We also got, uh, people who, oh, said, yes, love today's episode. Um, but I have to side with Kate at the start. 70 degrees Fahrenheit is not shorts and t-shirt weather. It's acceptable to have jeans and a cardigan on. Yeah, you were making fun of me. Yeah, for, I, well, I know. I, re- I remember. I would yeah. make fun of you now if, if you were wearing them as well. Well, no, because now it's summertime. Because now it's See, in the it 90s. It's summertime. It's 70 nope. anyway. Yeah. And finally, Zach Rock, who is a, an author illustrator in his own right, I uh, was talking about, remember we, we looked at the uh, George Shrinks and you pointed out that the bookcase had that, the, ec- the diet, that, book. that diet book. And yeah. he said, to be fair, to be, a, far. Sorry. to be far, to be fair, this is a pretty accurate depiction of my parents' bookshelf in the 80s. I can only assume the other books are screeds against satanic in, the satanic influence of hair metal. Okay. I pray that is the case. <laughs> Grown up things we like. You go first. Okay. So I've been watching a lot of old movies recently and recently saw Adam's Rib, um, which was a Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn film. It's comedy. They're both lawyers. So right there, that's cool. And they take up a case where a woman has found her husband in flagrante delecto with another woman and has shot him. Um, The uh, Catherine Hepburn character... Uh, is defending the woman. Spencer Tracy is defending the man. And Catherine is, is take, took some take case because she's saying, look, if a man did this, he would get off easy. If a woman does it, she's got to be like pilloried and we've got to, you know, destroy her. Um, but the costumes on Catherine Hepburn get progressively stranger and more interesting as the film goes on to the point where I just want to see all the costumes in a line and then I want to buy them and wear them myself because they are 
fabulous and strange. So if for no other reason, is it a perfect film? It is not. Uh, it's still got a little bit of the old uh, 1940s, early 50s sexism to it. But it's very enjoyable. It is funny. And the costumes are amazing. Okay. Yep. So I went to Target and mm. I picked up a new game. What's and I think game? everyone should go to Target and get this game. Okay. It's, and it's 20 bucks and it's called Icons. Women who play to win. And the goal is to connect real life women um, to... Like the, Catherine Hepburn? Uh, Catherine Hepburn is not listed. Boo! But you have Catherine Johnson. Oh, that's better. You have Jane Austen. You have Marie Curie. You have Sacagawea. You have Cleopatra. You have Elizabeth I. You have all of these influential women, um, Harriet Tubman and Frank, as well as women that I've never even heard of, which I liked because I was able to learn about these women. And the goal is to connect uh, the character cards to their category. So you have to connect like, okay, Jane Austen, I need to collect the arts category card. And once you connect the two, then you get a token and whoever gets a certain amount of tokens wins. Highly recommend it. It's called Icons. You can get it at Target. And at, on the very back of the box, it says a portion of the proceeds will be donated to the ACLU, the home to the Women's Rights Project. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So cool. and it's easy to play two to six players or sorry two to eight players ages eight and up. Excellent. Check I it believe, out. I believe we have a game night tomorrow. So yep, bring that game with you. Will do. Excellent. And and don't bring this book. In fact, I will personally yeah. get rid of this book myself. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah. 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 yeah that yeah. doesn't need to be. I don't anywhere. think anyone needs to read it. Oh. Ever. 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 Yeah. There's I like a yard with holes. Maybe we can just pop it in there and covered up and literally no one would miss it yeah. <laughs> yeah okay all right well if you've been scrolling through our episodes desperately trying to find an episode where we both agree that we dislike a book you have found that that very episode people yep congratulations so i've been betsy i'm kate bye fuse 8 and kate is a fuse number eight production you can reach us at fuse kate at gmail.com you can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our fellow Whole30 victim is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.